You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. I am Ben Wolf, as always, your host, and we are going to learn from our guest today how to effectively go solo as an executive. Uh, invite everybody to pause this for a moment here. It definitely helps us, definitely helps get the message out to more people. Leave a review, follow, uh, comment, share, whatever, that all of those things help. So please take a moment to do that. And without further ado, we'll get into introducing our guest today, uh, who is the co-founder of Voyager U, a learning platform for executives who and others who have gone solo or who are preparing to do so uh, to help them learn what they need to know to set themselves up right, get clients and be successful as fractional uh, executives as people who are going solo. Uh, he is also a fractional CMO and uh, you can find out more about him and what he does and the platform that he has set up for people who are going solo or who have gone solo, wanna do so successfully and resources, trainings, for them at voyageru.com. That's Voyager with an E-U, G-E-U, Voyager, V-O-Y-A-G-E-U-R, the unexpected U in the middle there. Don't forget that, voyageru.com. And I welcome John Arms. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. It's it's the Canadian way of spelling Voyager U, and I'm not even Canadian, but I'm in Minnesota, so I'm very close. Okay. Well, Sometimes we say well, it's Voyager, Voyager University. Voyager, you. I should pronounce it that way because it is a little confusing to me. So <laughs> hard for me to get the hang of it, but uh, happy we're able to share about Voyager, you. <laughs> and uh, I want to get started with telling our listeners and our viewers a little bit about, uh, give us a quick two-minute history about yourself. How did you get into this, like setting up a platform for training people how to successfully go solo, you know, where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Yeah. So, um, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, where did I come from? How did I get here? Everybody has a fun story, uh, about that. I got here, uh, how I think a lot of people end up becoming fractional. And that is a little tired of the norm of, uh, after, you know, 28 years in business of the norm in corporate America. And even though I had my own business and started it and I started an agency and ran it, for uh, 14 years, but um, I got here because I thought, geez, you know, the way we work is seems so inefficient. <laughs> Traffic, commutes, meetings that just never seem to end, you know, opening mm -hmm. the laptop at, front, at sunrise and not, you know, opening it back up again at nine o'clock after I looked at that and I went, and that's all normal, right? That's just norm. And I'm like, man, this is messed up. It's gotta be a better way. So I decided to sell my business and uh, explore. I'm like, oh, how does, what's this gig economy is happening? Uh, explore what a better way is. And so I, I went solo myself and uh, through the, I kind of went through the crucible there mm -hmm. and uh, through that process decided that it's not really a good path to do it because um, there's no incentive for the American economy to really train you to do this. We're trained to kind of go through the normal uh, get a job, grow in place and all that kind of stuff. So right. I went through the crucible and figured it out myself and uh, came across a great business partner, Jason Voivich, along the way. And after we kind of figured it out, we thought, this is a good model. We're successful independent professionals. Let's open the gate behind us and let others come in. So we created mm -hmm. Voyager University to do just that. Awesome. Definitely, definitely see the need out there. Um, 
in fact, you know, I mean, you're, you're familiar. We've talked a lot about my my new company, Fractional Leadership, mm-hmm. um, which you know, which is a you know vet, a platform for referring to business owners, vetted fractional leaders that are a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have people who are vetting and you know through their clients, the references. Uh, but we have many members who are associate members, fractional leaders who have only recently done it. Uh, who have just gone out on their own, and they're also they're not they're not sure what to do. They're not sure like how do I build a practice? How do I get business? Um, you know, you know, can I just use my Gmail? Like these like people yeah. don't people don't yeah. necessarily realize what the right thing to do is. Uh, so definitely see the need for what you're doing. And I just want to step back a second and ask like why why is fractional leadership, fractional executive service, whether through firms or solo practitioners, like you're talking about, why does that seem to be getting so much more prominent and and popular these days? Sure, sure. You know, there's two sides to that. There's the demand side and the supply side. And I'm going to talk about both because I think they're both, they both matter in this question. Uh, One on the demand, on the supply side, people choosing to go fractional, whether they've been laid off or don't want to do it anymore. The, um, the current, well, especially since pan- the pandemic, right? Like the current way we work is a very busted mechanism. So it's got a lot of people who are extremely amazing, extremely talented, like disenfranchised with the way you, the professionals, the way you go to work, the, the, mm-hmm. the whole corporate America thing, right? There's mm-hmm. caps on growth. There's only so many executive jobs. Uh, there's this thing happening where businesses, you know, they want to reduce their costs. So they look at some of their older workforce and they just sort of cut them out because they've acquired, you know, a, a salary that's maybe beyond what they want to pay. And so mm-hmm. there's this, this population and it's a very large population, Ben. It's, it's so many people like, mm, you know what? This isn't working for me anymore. And so they come out. And there's a, so there's a supply side. I, mm-hmm. I, I can be independent and not have to deal with all of that stuff that's sort of normal in corporate America. So there's one, the demand side is, of course, you want that, right? And any, you know, America loves supply and demand economics and uh, America loves scale. And they like, uh, uh, you, you know, it's kind of like Walmart, right? You find the lowest cost solution and provide it at scale. Well, so what is it, what is the demand side? businesses are onto it. They're like, I can bring Ben, for example, if you're, let's just say you're a fractional CTO. Technology is your thing. I don't know if that's your thing, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, I, in fact, I know it's not your thing, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, well, let's go with trying, that example. Yeah. Right. 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 But they're trying to grow. They're trying to survive. They're trying to get out of these last few years and they're, they're cash strapped. And so because they're cash strapped, they're like, okay, well, how do I get, I really need wise people here. I, you know, five grinders chewing away at things isn't nearly as good as one good thinker right now. And so the demand side is like, I need the wisdom, got to have it. Otherwise I'm not going to, we're not going to grow and, and, and sort of adjust to what the last two years have been. The numbers were great. You know, I can hire Ben. I don't have to pay $250,000. I can hire them. You know, most fractionals are with each client somewhere in that five to 10 to $15,000 range per month. Mm-hmm. Well, that's at least 50% left, less. And there's no give on what people get. There's no loss of 
productivity or intelligence. In fact, it's a game and there's reasons for that. So supply and demand side, that's why I think it's there is uh, uh, the world finds a new way when the norms get broken. Right. Right. Very, very true. And I have a whole chapter on this in, in the, my new fractional leadership book as well. Of course, you know, plug for that book. Definitely. That's right. It's a great Get a book. copy. I spoke about it. I had a presentation on this subject yesterday and I spoke about your book and a few others. It's uh, and, and the reason I did is part of doing this. You have to take what we call the ABL mindset. You have to always be learning. Uh-huh. And right. uh, it's a whole new world. And, and uh, that's good. And that actually keeps it not boring, but you have to always be learning to become a successful fractional and you have to always be learning to be a a business that hires fractional talent. Right, right, right. Well, definitely part of the mission of of, of fractionalleadership.io, my website, you know, which is, you know, getting more knowledge and information out to people, Mm -hmm. more focused on the business owner side about fractional leadership, what it is, how it works. Is it for you? Mm -hmm. Is it not for you? Uh, how to do it successfully if you do want to do it. But going back to the fractional leader side that you're focused on. Mm -hmm. So what what are some of the challenges and difficulties and failures that you see fractional leaders who are wanting to go solo or who are going solo making? Like what are the problems? Let's set that up before we get to the solutions. Get to the solutions, yeah. Um, So I think there's some very, very common ones. Uh, uh, I think some of the mistakes or, or hard lessons learned that people do is they tend to start, um, thinking that, okay, I'm going to get a few customers and I'll figure the other stuff out later. If I get a few customers, everything else is going to fall into place. And there's the process to this. What's that? What kind of other stuff? Uh, Operations setting up an LLC, uh, getting the right technology for my fractional business, um, the tech stack that I use. There's this old saying, you know, sales solves all. And if you get sales, everything else falls into place. But one of the mistakes is if you pick up two or three customers and you didn't spend a little bit of time thinking about your fractional business as a business, how do I operate it? Um, it's going to be very t- difficult later where the failure is, which I make failures every day. So it's not failures are just less opportunities to learn, but where it breaks their practices is customer service. Like you get, so all of a sudden you have to deal with things that are either, oh my gosh, they're hot. They're fire engine hot. I, I don't have my MSAs taken care of. I don't have an NDA yet. Some of those basics. So people run very fast into clients and they haven't, so one of the mistakes is they, they don't sort of take it's not even a week right to kind of get all that set up so that it goes smooth so that's one of uh one of the common ones and that's just practical business knowledge i think the other one is is the mindset it really is a there's a there's a this dilemma in the fractional world uh in between the ears and that is am i can i do this um they're gonna find you know imposter syndrome comes up fear of failure. There's so much emotional stuff wrapped into this. And so you really do have to take some time and sort of, you know, ready your brain to approach this. It's a different way of working. And so the mindset piece, um, taking the moments to sit on a rock and really think about what is the value that I bring? What is my superpower? How referable am I to others as I pick up clients? You have to spend time to really get through that stuff 
and think about it and polish it up. Um, it's not good enough, for example, in sales, for example, to say, I'm a fractional CMO. There's quite a few fractional CMOs out there. You have to get one level deeper to what's your superpower? What are you awesome at? What are the key problems you solve? So that um, those are two. I'll, I'll mention a third here. And I'm going to, because it's, it's really, really important in, in choosing this career. Um, I use the term referability a lot. We're so used to spreading the news about us. If we're looking for business, here's what I did. Here's where I worked. Here's my degrees. Uh, and, and it's sort of almost a puff up. It's, it's, so, it's so normal, right? It's the resume thing. And I worked at this great company everybody knows, and I went to got this degree. Well, businesses who are hiring fractional, I'll just be bluntly honest, they could give a rip. What problem of mine can you solve today? How good are you at, at it? What value do you bring my organization? Businesses are not going to try to Ouija board or interpret that from a resume, you really have to get down to your referability. So those are a few mistakes. There's plenty more that can be made. I've made all of them. There's dozens and dozens and I've made, and I've probably done it several times, but again, mistakes and, and failures are just opportunities to learn. Right. What about the topic of getting clients? Cause you talk about, you know, the problems once you have two or three clients, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people's challenges are getting, you know, I would love to have that problem of, you know, things getting too complicated or not being figured out once I have two or three clients. I don't have any clients or I only have one. Like uh -huh. how, what, what do you teach people about um, how should yeah. they get business? How should they get clients? Like, yeah, yeah. What's the way so, to be successful at giving clients? That's like the $64,000 no, question it's, that everybody it's, wants it's to actually, know about. <laughs> It's a great question, and, and, I, and I talked about this yesterday at our monthly roundup and how to kill it in sales for the fractional executive. And there's three components to it, um, how to get clients. So I'm going to start with the easy one, pipeline discipline. No, every business that succeeds has a pipeline and operates a pipeline and has some discipline about it. And uh, at Voyager, we've created a pipeline for our members. It's a, it's a simple spreadsheet. And Business is a very, you know, biz dev part of it is a very process thing. And it is getting in front of enough people so that enough people show interest in you. So you have enough people that you can talk about a deal so that you get a few deals, you know, every few, every quarter or whatever you're sort of, you're trying to get. Most fractionals do well with three to five customers. So let's say you want one customer. Well, if you're going to get one customer, you need 10 customers that are like, yeah, you know, let's, let's, uh, let me see a contract. Let me see a proposal. Tell me a little bit more at that level. Right. And if to get those 10 customers, you need about a hundred finding you on LinkedIn, you know, getting probably opening your emails and some of that sort of thing. Very easy stuff to do. And to do that, you need about a thousand prospects that are like that know you exist, that you breathe air on this earth, that you walk the planet. So it's a very process oriented way, but you do have to adapt that process and participate in it. Takes about an hour a week. That's it. It's not a lot. Um, our tool has like all the tools built in, so it's pretty automated, but that's one part of it is that, pro is, is that pipeline discipline. Mm -hmm. Part two is micro networking. I mean, you and I are really micro networking right now, just two of us, right? But micro networking is good. You, you might notice that LinkedIn is great. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not going to hand you leads. 
You know, leads come from smaller communities, more intimate conversations, good, I'm helping you, you're helping me situations in the world. And that's where leads will really, really come from. So it, it plays a role in your pipeline. Um, but that micro networking in this world is so important. It's kind of a, it, it's, I think it's more important than people realize. Like not all networking is equal, right? If you and I go to a networking event, that's, you know, for what, you, you know, um, pig, pork raisers, right? Oh yeah, we don't work in the pork business, so it's not gonna do a whole lot or beef cattle or something like that. Um, but you know, micro networking with communities that make sense to you, such as a Voyager with or with you, you know, it's like people who are in the fractional world, that makes a lot of sense. Participating in small micro networks is gonna really, really help. Part three is what I talked about a few minutes ago, and that is referability. If your pipeline discipline is good and your micro networking is good. If you haven't done the third element, really figured out your superpower and are able to communicate that in an instant and help people refer people to you based on that, your referability, your superpower, that's sort of the magic in the whole thing. It's those three pieces. Are you referring, when you say referability, do you, you mean that as, as the elevator pitch? No, I, I've been avoiding that language. Yeah. Elevator pitches, I think. Um, you know, lately this last year, you're like, using it, but you're using it as a, as a message, as a point about messaging, not something else. It is a point about messaging. Yep. Yep. Elevator okay. pitch. If I'm giving you my elevator pitch, if I ask somebody to give you an elevator pitch, what people tend to do, particularly if you're new into this world, what they tend to do is they tend to go into the resume thing. I've done this. I've been here. I've done that. I've worked with so-and-so. That's not a good elevator pitch. So I'll give you an example and I'm going to use myself. Okay. I'm a fractional CMO. There's a lot of fractional CMOs. In the micro networking I do, there might be people who have clients that have problems with their marketing. So I have to not just say I'm a fractional CMO. I want to be the one that's selected. So my superpower as a fractional CMO, my superpower is storytelling. I'm a storyteller. And that's what my superpower is a fractional CMO. That is extremely referable. If somebody's running into a customer, they're like, man, our brand is messed up. We, we're all over the board. It's a, it's a mess. Um, so that my, I've nailed my referability down to my superpower is storytelling. That's extremely referable. So put that into the micro networks, get that into the pipeline. Things to tend, to work, tend to work out really, really well. So that, um, that referability piece is, is super important. It takes time. We've got training on it, of course, but it takes time and thinking. It doesn't happen quickly. Right. I, I refer to that. It. What? And you can't fake it. You got to think hard about it. Everybody right. has one. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was new into this and this individual, I, I was really pushing on. I said, what's your superpower? Well, I'm an ops. I'm a great ops guy. I'm like, not good enough. You know, what are you really, really awesome at? And he thought it a little bit. And then uh, we kind of went and he came back at the end of the conversation. He says, you know what? I am the chief fire extinguisher everywhere I go. You know, my, every time there's a problem, a severe problem with big issues and big implications, and that fire has to be put out. Otherwise, the business is going to really, really hurt. That's my job. I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazingly referable. Write that down. That's right. an awesome superpower. You know what you remind, you know what you made me think of? Mm. I mean, two, two, two things. Well, three things. One is 
one is a trigger, right? Because if you have this referability statement, like, you know, what am mm-hmm. I referable for? Mm-hmm. You're telling them is this is the trigger. When you are talking to any human being that you're talking to and they say certain keywords, that is your trigger to think of John Arms or Ben mm-hmm. Wolf or whoever it is. Yeah. So that's a you're you're programming their minds with a trigger for what you do and what you, that's different from anything generic yeah and you know the second element that relates to that that makes me think of is reprogramming is why i always tell everybody who goes you know who asks me how do i succeed and you know going into fractional leadership of some form or other mm-hmm. is i always say that you have to go you have to reprogram your entire network and that takes time mm-hmm. because every you've been 15 years as the as the tech guy at some big company or you've been mm-hmm. you know 20 years in operations or in marketing at a marketing agency or mm-hmm. in-house at a company or whatever it is that you were doing and that's that's just like the box that they put you in in their minds so they're if they're talking to a business owner with a 30 person company they're not going to think of you because even if, even if you told them one time that hey now I'm on my own as a fractional CMO like what does that even mean I don't the heck, I don't know that what that means right you know and then so you have to have conversations every month or two emails whatever so after five six seven times maybe three four mm-hmm. five six eight months of hearing you repeat your referability statement as as you called it you know mm-hmm. what's the trigger who do I help what do I do and they're like it'll start to actually sink in that that's it that does that's what you yeah mean. right I, I come from marketing classic repetition is is a wonderful thing right of the same idea and it has to be dramatic um every either what you know dramatic is everybody has one everybody has a superpower there isn't you know, a person you know what you made me think of with this story about is i actually as i've never thought of it that way because i always say this phrase but maybe this is my superpower i never thought of it till the way that you explained it just now but I think, I think what my superpower is and what I tell my clients all the time that my job is, is that I'm your, I'm your CPO, your chief pushing officer. That's I'm a fractional beautiful. integrator. I'm a chair fractional integrator, a fractional COO, basically. Yeah. But what I, what I find myself doing in all sorts of ways is I'm the one that pushes and pokes and pushes and pokes and pushes and pokes. I take your goals, you know, we, we can clarify your vision, your goals, where do things need to get to? And then everybody gets distracted by all the day-to-day. They get distracted by all the fires they have to put out. And that's, you know, let, let the fire extinguisher guy worry about that. Mm-hmm. And then, but then nobody's worrying. Nobody's focused. Nobody's able to focus on what's going to get this business from where it was yesterday to where we want it tomorrow. Because if all you do is day-to-day and putting out fires, it's just going to continue the way it is forever. Right. You get into that behavior. So I'm just always in there, like, pushing, you know, even like even the, from the little things to the big things. Like, you know, this this to-do, was it done? When's it going to get done? How's it going to get done? Who's going to oh do it? God. On these little things, just pushing, like, so it gets done. You know, Until or on the rocks, the big quarterly goals. I'm just saying, like, oh, you say that, rock, you know, you say that quarterly goal's on track? Well, okay, what are the things that happen have to happen between now and November 28th when it's due for that to be done? Listen yeah. to the answer. Well, did you do that? When did you do that? When is, when is that happening? Who's responsible for that? Who you even talk to about this? And I just push or people, people make these like passive aggressive comments in a meeting. It's like, well, yeah, of course he says that. But I mean, like, and nobody even hears what they say. You know, I'm just saying like, 
you know, uh, Jim, I, I'm sorry, could, could you say that louder? I, I couldn't hear what you, what you just said, because there's an issue there. Yeah. And it's not getting addressed because he's dealing with it passively aggressively. So I push on it. I make him say something offensive to somebody else. Ben Wolf. Whatever. I'm like, the chief. I, I just realized like, that's what I am. I'm the chief pushing officer. <laughs> the CPO, the chief pushing officer. When you think about that, I think it's beautiful. I think it's an awesome superpower. I think it's a rare superpower. I think it's really, really neat. And I'll tell you why. How much back in your corporate days, when you're working for somebody else, how much stuff just sort of sat? unpushed or sat somewhere in the middle where people can't make a decision. So it just doesn't move forward. Well, so the business yeah. doesn't move forward. People are afraid of conflict. Mm -hmm. People are afraid of work where they have so much work to do. They don't want to mm -hmm. push the things that they notice because no one has time to deal with it. Right. Right. And so now you bring in Ben as the CPO. I mean, if I'm the CEO of a business, my key frustrations are things aren't moving fast enough. Right. Things aren't moving at all. Important initiatives are not separating from the non-important initiatives. Right. Having a CPO, your value is through the roof. Yeah. There's, you know, when you go in and push something as the CPO. Every year I raise my rates. Exactly. I mean, like you'd be making decisions that increase revenue or decrease yeah. waste. And it's a complete transformation. In, my, in the people I work with. Yeah, it's a complete, it's a complete yeah. transformation. Yeah. It's not the same. At, it, when you dig into it and, and really think about that, that, that uh, superpower, everybody's right. got one. I've never run into two that have the same. Right. And uh, it's, it's extremely referable. So if you take that thought and you go back into your micro networking and you put it in yeah. your pipeline discipline, right. you're not going to have a problem with sales. Right. Well, look, I really appreciate it. I know that sales getting clients is the biggest, mm -hmm. the biggest thing it's, it's mm -hmm. cause it puts bread on the table. I mean, it's, it's basic, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, just mm -hmm. security, home, you know, warmth, yeah. clothing, it's mm -hmm. the key to all of that is just getting by before you even think about, you know, greater goals. Right. Um, so, right. you know, so, so, I, you know, I appreciate the point about referability and, you know, some of that other stuff we, 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 you know, and, and clarifying your superpower making sure that's embedded in all of your communication and the, the three elements you said, micro networking, referability, which is a clear message about your superpower. What was the first one? Uh, pipeline discipline. Pipeline discipline, having a process, which you know, I can talk about how, how I did that when I first got started. Yeah. But um, obviously it evolves the way I do it now, but but it's mm -hmm. um, great, great stuff. Again, people could check out Voyager U, V-O-Y-A-G-E-U-R, Voyager U.com, a platform for fractional leaders of all types or anybody going solo. Uh, to give you uh, courses, classes, resources like the uh, pipeline discipline uh, tool that John mentioned. You can get more uh, about that. It's very low monthly uh, cost and uh, definitely a good resource for you to check out. Uh, Voyager, you, Voyager, you .com. <laughs> And John, really appreciate you coming out here and, uh, and joining us today. It was a huge pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for having me. It's a great industry we're in and I'm glad we're both here. Awesome. Glad to have you in it as well. And I will see all of you on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.